Okay, at this time we're blessed to have our first message for today by Mr. Doyle Carter, entitled, Being Thankful for Everything. Greetings, everyone. Definitely happy Sabbath. It's a beautiful day out there. Let me kind of get myself rearranged up here. Why I brought this, I do not know. Oh, and I, while I'm setting up, I thought... I thought since it is only about 10 days, give or take, to Thanksgiving, as a public service announcement, do not forget the bachelors in your groups. That during the, if you, as I would say, if you're hungry on Thanksgiving, they're hungry on Thanksgiving. That came from something I posted, something about the husband being outside, locked out in the snow, and it says, if, if, you're, hung, if you're cold, they're cold. Well, it's the same with the bachelors in the church. If... I brought a prop, that's why I got extra stuff today. And I thought I'd go green on one of my last part, I'm going to go green. I'm going to use this instead of something that uses battery power. This was actually a, an unexpected sermon, sermonette, sermon, or split sermon, however you want to define it. I was actually going to go into something else, and it turns out in my studies I ran into this verse. Cause it's, and it's appropriate because Thanksgiving is only 10 days away. And it is something to consider, to be thankful in everything, being thankful in everything. I ran into it. It was Paul wrote to the Thessalonians the following. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. And it hit me when I read that, because I thought, oh, interesting. So I followed along with it, and this is what came out of it. But Paul... The Thessalonians had a lot of issues, and he was just kind of encouraging them in this case, because, and he said to be thankful in all things, or thankful and give thanks in everything. And, that, and that's very good advice, because that is the will, as it says, this is the will of God in Jesus Christ. The world doesn't help us on this, though. It always tries to make us victims in everything, and it's like we earn this or we deserve this, instead of saying, be thankful with what you got. Because, and just to, to digress just a little bit, the idea of being unthankful is actually one of the things that will happen in the latter days. It's, it's defined in, in a list here. When Paul warns Timothy in his last letter to Timothy about the latter days, he goes into in 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. Most of you know it, but we'll read it. But know this, that in the latter last days, perilous times will come. Boy, did that happen last night. Perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. It's funny that you know, when I read that, I realized unthankfulness was actually put in with people who love money and or blasphemers, unholy. And the list continued on for a couple more verses. I just didn't want to read them, but it, it's, it's wedged in there. We're to be thankful for what we got. And I thought I'd just do a little history lesson as a part of this as to why we should be thankful as Americans today. I was talking to Reggie and I made a comment. I was going to go into what my grandfather and my great-grandfathers would have had to deal with if it was their world. For example, we have running water. We don't have to walk out to a, a river and bring water to our home. We actually got water that comes to the house. 
We can take warm showers. You have something that instead of setting a fire and trying to warm it up, we let electricity do that. We have, I like one person's comment, we have toilet paper, which I'm not going to say much more on that one. That's but I didn't think of that because I thought of I, what I was thinking was the inside toilets instead of an outhouse. Because I remember my grandmother telling me stories about outhouses where the grass grew a lot better around the outhouse than the rest of the place. And, but, and she was happy to have indoor toiletries, when, especially when winter came around. You didn't have to walk outside and freeze to death to try to take care of business. And also, unlike my grandfather, because one of my grandfathers actually, from my dad's side, came, why he did this, and I probably told this story already, but when he came from Germany in 18-whatever, he went around South America. He, just, he doesn't even go through New York. Why would you go around South America? Maybe it's an adventure. I don't know. And he went through to Washington State and then came down to Oklahoma and settled. He didn't have a grocery store just down the road when he got hungry. He had to actually learn to raise food. He had to actually... Learn how to shoot and, you know, take out animals for food. I mean, like I said, we have grocery stores. As one person posted on Facebook, they were talking about how somebody, a farmer, this guy discovered how to make it rich. He found out that if you take care of these chickens, they lay eggs. You don't have to go to the store. You can just eat them out from the chicken. And you've got wool coming from the sheep. Like I say, we're lucky. We don't have to actually do this stuff. We don't have to raise our food. We don't have to... Do all this, we got it all in a conveniency. And I was thinking of the cell phone. You know, I needed some assistance today. You know, instead of sending a telegraph like 100 years ago, you just send something, a text, and depending on how fast someone wants to respond, if they even do, they can respond pretty quick. <laughs> and no slant against anyone there, I was a joke. But, but it is faster than a telegraph, and it's faster than a letter. So in the United States today, we are very blessed, and God has made it that way through the blessings that came from our forefathers on, from Alexander ben, Rand Bell and others who started making inventions that made our life easier. We're blessed in another way, too. We're also blessed in the sense of having family. In my case, I only have a, I'm, not, I'm an only child. And I told someone a long time ago, well, I don't have brothers and sisters. And he said, yes, you do. It's called the church. You have brothers and sisters. You have an extended family. But that's true with all of us. He said it was true with him. It was true... You know, we got jobs, we have safety overall. And even, even during trials in life, as I put it in the notes, trials of life, like a couple of weeks ago, for me, we can be grateful or thankful. For without these trials, we, wouldn't, we would be spoiled and soft if everything was just handed to us. Oh, here, you want this? Oh, here, you want this? If we didn't have to work for it and have to deal with situations, we'd be, we just wouldn't be as tough as we are. We wouldn't build character. As my dad always says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And sometimes we cause our own trials, ironically. I kind of did that to myself that week in some areas, and some of us outside forces, depending on how you look at it. Another friend said trials make, make you appreciate, if I can't just spell appreciate in my notes, but anyway, it's, it makes you appreciate the things in life that you have as good. Because it does say, because Paul to encourage the Corinthians during their trials, because in 1 Corinthians they had their issues too. And it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, uh, there you go, that no temptation has over, and I'm reading the New King James, it's slightly different, I meant to tell Brian, I apologize. 
No temptation has overcome you except such as common to men. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. One of the things we, in our trials, because life is unfortunately full of trials. It's just the way it is. As I said, we get stronger through them, yes, when you don't like them a lot of times, but they're not fun when they go on. But we can take an account that God is faithful, and he will, he will be with us, and he'll provide us a way of an escape. He, and we also know, oh, and James encourages us on this matter, in, just to have two witnesses there. James 1.12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The good news about this is we should be, th first part of this is we should be thankful for what we got in our lives. Like I say, we're, we're blessed beyond anything we can understand. Like I say, if you went back 100 years ago and told them about cell phones and computers and air conditioning and all that, or 150, they would have looked at you like, that's science fiction, because I read H.G. Wells and Jewel Verne's, and they talk about subs and all that, and that's all common now. It's, uh, in fact, we surpassed a lot of what they wrote. But we also, we, we are aware that we are physical. I was going to jump a little bit here. We, are, we realize we're physical. We live a temporal life. As James said in 4, or James 4, 14, Wherefore, you do, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even, even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And just as a reference, this is something Richard didn't need to sort of reference. I found it, and James quotes it also, as Isaiah 46 to 8. And he says, all flesh is, is grass and and." All, is loveliness, all, all its loveliness is like the flowers of the field, and the grass withers and the flower fades. Now, God knows this is how we're built. So he blesses us in this life to make it easier for us. Sometimes we need to be tried to make ourselves better, but he makes it easier for us overall. And we're like, that was why I had so much stuff. We're like a book, like this book. It's called the... The Arctic Roundup by Daniel W. Streeter. I didn't know it was the first edition written in 1929. It's in such a good condition. But God is aware that, I mean, we're aware that this eventually is going to get old, like some of the books I have that are about to fall apart. I read them going away, but they're getting old, unfortunately. And, it, and it's going to fall apart. And the stories inside will be lost. And the good news is, we, even though we're just like that, my dad has stories he probably has never told me and things like that. And I had an atheist actually argue with me when I said that the dead know nothing. He said, well, then you're saying this is all a waste, that once you've learned something and all this, you'll die. I said, no, 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 no. God has a plan for us beyond this physical life. I mean, yes, he'll take care of us. We'll grow. We'll build in character. Yes. But he has something beyond this life. Unlike this book, The Arctic Roundup, which, by the way, it's... it's he was actually on one of, the first one of the first or second expeditions to go to the Arctic to go get samples for the National Geographic. I actually looked up some of his facts and realized, wow, that had been fun to know all the details about that. But unlike the book, we won't be lost because God has a plan for us.
He'll give us a crown of life as we've read already in one of the scriptures before this. He knows we're frail and he takes care of us, but he also knows that he also gave us a promise of life. As, it say, as Paul said again to encourage the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17, it says, it says, therefore, we do not lose heart, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us as far for is working for us a far more excellent and eternal way of glory, weight of glory. So even though we get older, like I say, part of this hits me because I'm heading toward a certain age. We're not going into that gray setting in. We may be perishing on the ins and the outside, but on the inside we're renewed every day by the Spirit of God as we go through life, read the Bible, go through our prayers, meditation. And I like the way he put it, our light affliction. Sometimes those afflictions don't seem so light, but, but they are. None of us have died, been, had suffered, to my knowledge, for our faith, not as of yet. And Peter also addresses this in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 6. And it says, Blessed be God and the Father of, Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away and is reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last days. In this you greatly rejoice, though not Though now, for a little while, if, not, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. I'll read that last one again. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. We have a salvation from God coming to us. And an inheritance that's incorruptible will not fade away. You know, we, you, your money will fade away, your stuff will fade away, your, unfortunately your health may go away eventually, but we got something ahead of us from, God, from Jesus Christ. We've got a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have more than what we see today. I actually cut out part of the scripture where it's on one of them where it said something about, we don't look at, this, we don't look at the, what is visible or seen. It was in actually in Corinthians, it was in the first Corinthians 4 where it says, it was verse 18, it said, we don't look upon that which we can see, we look at that stuff that we, it's not seen. That's our hope. So God has already thought it out. He takes care of us now, he's going to take care of us in the future with eternal life. We've got a blessing, and he's, we're going to be a part, and we're going to, let me think on this one a second. This part came up because of last night, so if I'm stopped a second, I had to think about it. 
do the events last night, God has actually got, has promised the world, including your, you all, everybody here, who can follow his way, learn about him, try to build character, stay close to him. He's got a promise. He's got us, we don't have to be bystanders like we were last night with what happened. God is, if we, he's going to take care of us now, of course, and we've got eternal life, but we've got even more to look forward to. We know that when the first resurrection occurs, we are told in, in Revelation 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over, over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. We'll have an opportunity to correct a lot of what went on because last night, you know, I, I appreciate the blessing of the fact of eternal life, but I, I don't think I could sit down and just watch the world go on. Like my mom said when she had a, I think she had a foam brick or something, and every time the news came on, she would just go, because she'd get mad at it, because she couldn't do anything about it. God gives us a hope that we, we can't, we'll be priests, and in one place it's kings and priests, that we'll be able to do something about it. We'll go in there and it won't happen. Pure and simple. And that's something I consider as a personal blessing, that we will be able to do something about it, make the world better, help people understand God's way. As, as, I, as I said, in, in, in Isaiah 2, just to look at the glimpse of hope just real quickly, if you haven't figured it out from the feasts and other places, Isaiah 2, 2 through 4 is one of my favorite scriptures. It kind of puts the kingdom of God in a nutshell. And it... And it says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. It will be reign supreme. And shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it, and many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. And we will walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go, shall go forth the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge, he shall judge between the nations. And rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares. Their spears into pruning hooks. Their nation shall not learn. And I'm sorry. I'm ahead of myself. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So, God has an awesome promise for our future. Besides giving us eternal life, which would be awesome, because even my dad said, even at the age of, let that one go, he's, he feels like he's 18. His body's what's changing. It's not him. He feels like he's 18. But his body is perishing, unfortunately, as time goes, like all of us. But... We've got a promise of a resurrection. We've got a promise of being a part of a solution to a world that is just falling apart around us. So, to summarize basically what I was wanting to cover today is that we should be thankful in everything. We should be thankful in the present life with the blessings we've got, as I said. I pick on cell phones. I pick on electricity, things. We've really got it made compared to a lot of the generations before us. We live with marvels that they only dreamed of. We even got toilet paper, as somebody made the point. So I can't imagine a world that's without that simple invention. 
And we don't have outhouses. They're inside. But we have these blessings, food, water, shelter, and even the ones that are out, out of it in the United States usually are better off than a lot of other countries. We have family and all that. We also, in our trials, realize that when we go through trials, we get a chance to build in character. We turn to God, he'll give us a way to escape. He'll build our character. So when someday, when he goes for that resurrection crown of life, he knows we're ready to be part of that kingdom so we can be part of the kingdom solution that Steve's sermon went to. I love that title. I just can't get it out of my head. That he will make us a part of that if we just follow his way, listen to him, learn, his, learn about him and prayer. And we should always be thankful for everything because God is in control anyway. And he knows what's best. So as Thanksgiving comes closer and closer, consider what was said. It was just a brief synopsis. I'm sure many of you can think of many blessings I didn't think about. Like I say, I love my iPad. I didn't think I'd like my iPad when Dad bought it for me. And it's like, now I can't live without it. Go figure. <laughs> so, you know. But I just wanted to say that as Thanksgiving heads closer to us. We're like 10 or 11 days away. And just think about it on our general life, just constantly year-round. We don't have to think about it one time. Just occasionally thinking about it. Consider what Paul said to the Thessalonians to encourage them in, times, in their time of trouble, but just even a good time we can think about it. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you.